Americans understand diversity. For decades, it was at our core, creating a nation of fighters and entrepreneurs. The harder the road, the bigger the opportunity. But some stories hold greater weight, greater reverence, and today is one of those stories. Civil liberty, individual freedom, upon these things we should never lose focus. Wolf Margolis was born in a small town in Poland in 1925. Everyone called him Josela. When Josela turned 14, the Nazis invaded Poland. Two years after that, Josela and his village were gathered into a ghetto. Ghettos were dark places of starvation and illness where Jews and other captives were shot at a soldier's whim. Ghettos were holding points until captives could be transported to concentration camps. It was only months before Yasella realized that escape was his only chance. Yosella obtained a friend's identification papers, snuck out of the ghetto, and made it onto a train out of town. At 16, Yosella had hugged his parents and six brothers and sisters goodbye for what would be the last time on earth. His family and all 600 Jews in his village were killed. Through the war, Yosela survived under the Christian name Stefan Chefnowski and worked on farms. In 1945, Stefan was drafted by Russians into the Polish army and drove trucks. Sometime after that, he made it to Germany where he, provided, he was provided reallocation assistance. He again changed his name to Willie Weisberg. In 1949, Willie obtained a visa and boarded a boat to New York, penniless and with a sixth grade education. New country, new name, and one that would be made permanent, Bill Morgan. Bill made his way to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where he was taken in as a janitor at a shoe store. He taught himself English, rose to top salesman, then to store manager. Bill developed a fascination with Roy Rogers from the movies. Once he saved enough money, he bought a car and headed to Texas to meet Roy Rogers. Bill Morgan's life adventure continued like any hardcore entrepreneur through several industries and winding its way to Texas real estate. This expanded with his sons, Mike and Ronnie, and now with his grandson, Philip, our guest today. Philip Morgan of the Morgan Group out of Houston, Texas, welcome to the show. And if you would tell us how you came into the family business. Hi, Linda. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's great to be here with you. Um, you know, I'd say I, I grew up around the business my whole life, but never felt any pressure to enter the business. Um, grew up in, in Houston and, you know, remember going on car rides with, with my dad and had plenty of memories and pictures from construction sites. Um, always was interested in real estate and I definitely had summer jobs working on construction sites. And it wasn't until really college that I really took to uh, have strong interest in real estate and more the finance side of real estate. Um, after school, I lived in New York City for a couple of years, which, which was a lot of fun. Um, started a business with a good friend of mine that was entrepreneurial in the real estate space um, that took, took me back to Houston. And um, we were acquiring distressed properties. And it was around that time that 
Morgan Group was entering into what became a, a really big development cycle. And um, my friend and I were both really interested in learning the development business and, you know, happened to sell the few properties we had bought and um, ended up into the family business kind of unintentionally. And now 10 years later, still here. And it's been really exciting and a fun ride and um, grateful really for, for the opportunity and, and glad I decided to stick with it and, and uh, join the family business. You became CEO of Morgan right in the heart of the pandemic. At the same time, you expanded into Dallas and San Antonio. In retrospect, was that counterintuitive or a stroke of genius? Oh, I, I wouldn't give us any type of credit for, for being geniuses at all. Um, you know, as a, as a business that's been around for as long as we have, um, you know, we make long-term decisions. And so, you know, we, we knew that any, the pandemic or any blip is, is going to be a moment in time, but really we're looking, looking longer term. And so uh, we actually last year opened an office in Austin. Uh, that was part of a, you know, thoughtful strategy of ours that we wanted to grow within Texas, but diversify outside of Houston, where we've been, uh, you know, a, a big player for, for many years and have a lot of holdings in Houston. So it was actually last year, we opened an office in Austin. Um, currently, we're active in Austin and San Antonio. And you alluded to Dallas and Dallas is currently on our radar. So we're hoping to be entering Dallas in the next year or so. So time will tell. But Right now, we've got plenty of exposure to Houston. We're very bullish on Texas as a whole and um, eager to increase our deal flow in, in the other major Texas markets. Morgan was urban class A. Post-pandemic, you've shifted focus to the suburbs. Are the suburbs a long-term trend or do you see a return to the urban core? That's a, that's a good question. I, I would say the suburbs is really where you know, my grandfather played and where my, my dad spent the bulk of his career was good suburban development. Uh, so if you look at the bulk of where the company's been active in our history, it's largely suburban. Um, the shift to urban was a very popular shift, um, I'd say leading up to the pandemic. And um, you know, that's where the capital wanted to be. It seemed like that's where, where the action was. There was mixed use was, was the big buzzword. Um, it's a good question on, on kind of what the future will hold. I mean, personally, I think urban's going to bounce back. I think as quickly as people moved out of the urban core, they can just as quickly move back. And I think the value proposition of living urban where you don't have a ton of space, rent is generally higher, um, is not a good value proposition when you don't have a short commute to work because you're working from home and when the the nightlife and the bars and restaurants are all closed. So I think it was naturally that, you know, people wanted to, wanted more space, wanted to push suburban. I do think suburban is the bread and butter of our business. And that's where long-term there's going to be plenty of demand, but I also am a big believer in the urban core. And I, I do think that will bounce back. And uh, lots of other developers are in your shoes, hoping the same. That's right. Morgan is heavily weighted in Houston. How did you make out in the big freeze in February? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for asking. It was very difficult. Not not going to lie, it was um, you know an all hands on deck moment. Um, our team has had way more 
um, emergency tests than we'd ever like to experience. And it seems like they've been compacted in, in a matter of a month of months or a year. So our team just didn't skip a beat and stepped into action. I'm really fortunate um, for the team we have. We have so many teammates who've who really consider this company their own. And that means all the all the difference in difficult times. And the same goes for our vendors. We have plenty of vendor relationships that date back to my grandfather. And, you know, in these difficult times, those relationships uh, are so important. So we had incident report that is miles long and trying to get um, residents taken care of and um, really grateful for um, so many people at our company, um, our head of property management, um, many on our construction team that didn't skip a beat and, and jumped into action. We had so many, so many wonderful stories um, and got some wonderful heartfelt notes from residents, um, really grateful to live in our community. So it was a difficult time. We're hopefully past it, hopefully don't see it again, but um, just, just glad that we made it through the way we did. Have you changed any methodology in the event that it does occur again? That's a good question. We have a lessons learned list that we actually just, just met about that's a mile, mile long and we need to figure out, you know, what, what we can do differently next time. Um, you know, fortunately we have, we've got, or unfortunately we have plenty of hurricanes in, in Texas. Fortunately we have pretty good protocols in place. Um, so the team, you know, was as ready as you could be for an event like that. Um, and there's definitely going to be certain things that we'll, we'll tweak to our procedures going forward so that we can react quicker. So if there was any one thing that you could point to from the crisis, what would it be? Yeah, I, I would say it's um, just making sure we've, we've got our ducks in a row. We've got such a resilient team and um, really grateful for that. And really in those moments of crisis, it all comes down to the people. And, you know, I'm grateful we had the right people and the right positions that, you know, it, it was stressful times. If you were in Texas during those times, you're trying to take care of your house, trying to take care of your family. And we have so many team members that their work family is a part of their family. And so we had maintenance workers that were living on site, sleeping on site during those times. We had managers going above and beyond. We had so many people going above and beyond. And um, I think really that's that's the most important thing that we did right and um, really goes to highlight the importance of culture. We're going to get to that a little more in a minute, but let's talk about your Pearl brand. You introduced that about a decade ago. What's the backstory on that? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for asking. Um, so the, the Pearl brand was introduced at a pretty exciting time at the company. It was um, around 2010. Um, my, my father had um, purchased 100% control of, of the company. He had gotten re-engaged back into business. It was right around the time when, when I was getting ready to join the company. Um, we had made the strategic decision that we wanted to become a long-term holder of multifamily as opposed to just building and selling, which we'd done uh, historically. And so part of that was uh, our family wanted a, a new brand and one that we had a, a family connection to. 
And so Pearl is a family name. Um, it's my sister's middle name. Um, I'm the oldest of, of three kids and our first initials are uh, Philip Russ Lilly. So it also stands for, for Pearl in, in that sense. Um, so really it was just the family connection to the name Pearl. Um, and that's, that's why we've, we've stuck with the brand. We're, we're actually in the process of creating a new brand um, that caters more to our suburban product. But, um, you know, we, you, you fall in love with the deals that you spend so long um, developing and building. And so um, we're excited about the Pearl brand and, and the properties uh, that we own there. What a beautiful story. And back to the people that make the Morgan Group. Morgan is consistently ranked one of the best places to work. So what is that secret? You know, I, I think you got to turn to my grandfather and, and my dad and um, really they're, they're partners. There's a, there's a lot of people, not just with the last name Morgan, that are tied to the history of our company. And, you know, our values are very much family values. Um, you know, we're, we're in the real estate business, but we always go back to that it's a people business and you need the best people in the industry to, to keep growing a business. Um, so our culture is really, it's really that. It's, it stems from the company leaders, whether they're part of the Morgan family or not. And my grandfather led a good example. He treats, and still does, treats everybody um, the same, no matter who they are, where they came from. And I think that's just part of our culture. And um, it makes the company a great place to work. Um, I think it makes an attractive place, you know, to stay and grow your career. Um, and it's been a simple, you know, I think a simple recipe that's, that's lasted the test of time and will continue to. So, Philip, in your time with the Morgan Group, what have you found operationally that are really transferable values to our viewers who may be looking for tips? Yeah, a couple answers to that. First, and we've gone to it a couple times here, but I think culture is something that you can't stress enough. And I think Again, the, the culture that started with my grandfather and has carried on for many decades, that's certainly transferable. Um, I think another piece um, that I've learned a lot from my father and some of his partners um, is just attitude to want to never stop learning and um, continue to, to stay humble. And, you know, history doesn't repeat itself. It rhymes. And, and you know, your question earlier about urban development. And, you know, my answer was that we were mostly a suburban developer and that's really where our shift is next. Um, so, you know, I think we, you, you can't ever get stuck in your ways because the market continues to evolve and move. And so, you know, we're, we're going to continue learning and continue trying new things. Um, I think it's a balance between sticking to what's worked in the past as well as trying new things. And we don't want to get overextended and try to take on too much, too new, you know, at the same time, but the market does continue to evolve. And, um, you know, on that note, affordable housing is something that uh, I'm particularly interested in and is a space that we are getting more entrenched in. And that's something that, you know, I don't know that we would have done 10 years ago. Um, and it's something really where my grandfather spent a lot of time because a lot of his, his properties are, are naturally affordable. So, um, 
yeah, I think just being flexible and, and being open to, you know, the evolution of the market. Thank you for joining us today, Philip. That's all the time we have today, but this is the one story that could capture our attention for hours. Real estate and entrepreneurialism take a lion-hearted tenacity, something the Morgan Group has running through its veins. These are the stories of multifamily housing, true grit, unstoppable, and the heart of a lion. Philip, thank you for joining us today, and I hope you will look for our next exciting show of NAHB Power Hitters. <laughs>